and God's answering. Father, we just want to thank you. Spirit of the living God, you are, you are the Lord of the harvest. You are our teacher. You are our helper. Thank you. You are God. And we honor you today in the presence of your people, Lord. We honor you. And we honor the Father and the Son. In Jesus' name, amen. We're talking about life-changing prayer. Life-changing prayer. If you are a human being, you ought to pray. God created us, especially after the fall of Adam and Eve. If you're human, you ought to pray. I mean, if you, it's even recorded in Genesis that a time came when man began to call upon the name of the Lord. God made sure that it was recorded there. We ought to pray. The Bible also says, what do you have that you didn't receive? God made you who you are. Everything you are, everything you have, God gave to you. So Paul asked, what do you have that you didn't receive? God is the one that gave everything to you. The more you ask, the more you get from God. The word of God is so clear. You don't have because you don't ask. Most people don't know how to pray. Uh, Jesus has asked us, and this is not a law, uh, to pray, spend time with him just one hour. That doesn't mean if you don't spend an hour, you are not doing what God wants. He just wants you to talk to him. He wants you to communicate with him because he loves you. If you love somebody, you want to be around that person. You want to hear them talk. You want to hear their voice. Uh, when my wife was back in Nigeria and I was over here, before she came, I called. And even though it was expensive, I didn't care about it. I called because I wanted to hear a voice. The same thing with the Father. He wants to hear your voice. But the thing with God, when you come to God, you never live the same. You can never be in the presence of God, live in his presence, the same person. You may not recognize that something is transpiring while you are in his presence, but something is happening to you and you are totally unaware of it. Jesus said to his disciples, you are clean because of the words that I've spoken to you. Did they know they were being cleansed? They didn't have an idea. But just hearing his words and just being in his presence, God was cleansing them. And that's the same thing with prayer. So we have to have a strategy when we come to God. What's your strategy to, to approach God? God has said to come. I need a formula somehow, some way to be able to come consistently and receive from God so that my life is changed. And so what the message I'm presenting to you is to give you some way where you can come before God and spend time with him and probably stay there for about an hour or two and you're totally unaware of it. And meanwhile, your life is being transformed. Your mind is being renewed and your vision is become, becoming clearer. You know who you are. You are not confused about who you are. You, are, you don't, no longer have this uh, uh, identity crisis. You know who you are because the Father begins to pour into your life and begins to speak to you. Now, you have to recognize when you're talking to, talking to somebody, it's two-way street, right? You're talking to him. He's talking to you. You may not understand what he's saying, but he's speaking to your spirit because you are a spirit being. 
So you enter, the Bible says, you are the temple of the living God. You are the temple. The Holy Spirit lives in you. You don't have to come to church. You can meet with God right there in your home because your life, your being, is God's address. That's where God lives. The Holy Spirit lives in you. So you can enter into God's temple, into God's temple to worship God, the tabernacle, getting into the, the uh, outer court where you have the uh, altar, bracing altar where they put the sacrifice and the sacrifice, sin offering and all of that. You can go there and thank God for everything that he's done for you and spend time talking to him, just thanking him. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with a praise you are in the outer court so you are praising him and that transforms your life it doesn't benefit god it benefits you so you thank him for healing you because jesus took your stripe by his stripes we were healed you thank him for your prosperity because the lord is your shepherd and you shall never know want. you thank him for your his protection God protects you. He's your hiding place. So you spend time there. And then as you live there, you go to the lever where you watch yourself and make sure that there's nothing wrong. You're making God first in your life. You're serving him right. And then you go out from the outer court into the holy place. And as you enter into the holy place, to your left is the table of uh, the, uh, where you have the candlestick. And the candlestick itself has seven branches. The candlestick represent this, represents the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. That is where you worship the Holy Spirit. You have to recognize that the Holy Spirit is a person. Most Christians don't understand that. They just refer to him as if he's not really important. Just Jesus and the Father. There is one God and he's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We need to respect the Holy Spirit. So we worship the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are my helper. You, God gave you to me. You now live in me. And that seven uh, branches represent seven Spirit, the seven spirits of God, and we talked about this, is the spirit of wisdom to help me solve all problems. Is the spirit of cancer. I need wise cancer. Sometimes we go into our friends, but the true cancer that we really need in life must come from God. He is the great counselor. So we come to talk to the Holy Spirit to give me wisdom to be able to solve my problems and to solve the problems of my brothers. And sisters in Christ. He is also the spirit of understanding. Understanding the deep truths from the word of God. So that I can teach the word of God. So that I can help people to find Christ. To bring them to the Lord God. I also know that the spirit of God is the spirit of knowledge. Knowledge of the fear of the Lord. That's really lacking in the church today. People don't really understand the fear of the Lord. People don't even understand the ways of the Lord. So I, I cry out to God, please, whatever this is, I need the spirit of the fear of the Lord, not the fear of man, not the fear of what people think about me. I need the fear of God so that I can walk humbly before my God. I need that to walk in humility because when you humble yourself before God, he lifts you up. Many times we are not even aware that there is pride in us. 
God has to reveal that to us. And if you know that you are humble, I know you are proud. Because if you are humble, you won't even know it. <laughs> you won't know it. So, but so we, because we are totally unaware of all these things, they are so spiritual, we cry out to him. God, without you, I can do nothing. I need you to humble me. I need you to teach me this fear of the Lord so that I, I'm constantly not a dread of God, but I have a healthy fear of my Father so I can respect him and respect his word. And he has to do it because Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. There's nothing I can do in my Christian work. It's all dependent on the Holy Spirit. So I'm telling the Holy Spirit, now I need you to help me. Help me. You give me that spirit of mind. So that I can cast out devils. And heal the sick. He's not only the pastor. Jesus said, those who believe in me, the, those who believe in me will do the same works that I do. And greater works than this shall they do because I'm going to my father. I am a believer. What's happened to me? God, please give me that spirit of might so that I can heal the sick. So that I can cast out devils. So when Satan sees me coming, he says, here comes trouble. What am I going to do now? He's coming over. He's coming again. I need that spirit of might. I need the spirit of righteousness. So that the words of my mouth, what I think, the words of my mouth, my actions are acceptable in his sight. I need to experience his holiness. And as you move from that, you turn to the right, you see that table of the showbread. Twelve loaves of bread. Fresh bread every day. That represents the word of God. Fresh loaves of bread. <laughs> the bread of yesterday is not good for today. Not very much. You got to get some fresh bread. That's why we come before the house of God. So you thank God for the fresh bread every day for my life. As I read the word, as I hear the word, you thank God because he's made that bread available. God give me hunger for your word. Amen. Hunger for your word. Now, the word of God in the Greek, we have two words here. There is the logos and there is rhema. The logos, that's the written word of God. Even professors in universities know that. Rhema is the inspired word of God. There are about 7,000 promises in this book. 7,000 promises in this book. All of those promises written in the Logos are potentially yours, but they are not practically yours. They have to be inspired for you specially before you can act on them. I said the other time, there is rice and there is cooked rice. You can't eat just rice. You got to cook it. The Holy Spirit is the one that cooks the rice so that you can eat. 
when the Holy Spirit takes uh, Logos, the written word, he cooks it for you and gives it to you to grow you up in faith. And then when you act, it works. A lot of people just go and they say, well, God said this. And then they act on it, nothing happens. Why? Because they don't have the rhema. Peter was the only one that walked on water. None of the other disciples dared come out of that boat. Because the word was for Peter alone. Come. Peter couldn't go to the Old Testament and pull out the word and say, well, uh, Elijah divided the sea. Or Elisha. And Elijah. So now I'm going to do this. <laughs> they will watch and laugh at him. Because it wasn't from him. No remember. So what to do is spend time reading the Logos, praying so that the Logos is transformed into remember that you can use for your life. That's why prayer is so important. So you go to God, God, thank you for the Logos. Convert the Logos to Rema. Speak to me. Speak to me so that I know. Many years I've read Matthew 20 from verse 6 down. I just read. But one day God told me in the night, I want you to go read that scripture. And it says, a man went out 11th hour, 11th hour to call for laborers to come into the vineyard. That's why I'm here today, because God spoke that to me. I could just read that and go out, and I'll be back to where I started, because God didn't tell you that. So we got to pray so that God would give us the remnant. Prayer is what's going to get you there. That's why Jesus said, men ought always to pray and not faint. That's where you get the strength from. Because the word of God is powerful. Once you receive Rema, you got miracle. They go together. Rema, miracle. Instant. But you can hear the word of God all day and not receive Rema. So is this, that's why I pray to God. Convert that to me so that I can receive. Then as you turn to the middle, there is a table of incense. The table of incense represents the praise of the people of God, the praise of the saints. So that's why I praise God. You start praising Him. God, you are the omnipotent God. You are so powerful, all powerful. And then you tell Him, I'll never ever choose fear or unbelief. I have you in my life. What have I to be afraid of? God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love. Of power and of a sound mind. I have a sound mind. I have nothing to be afraid of. I got this powerful God. No one can threaten me. I got you. You are so powerful. And you begin to thank him. Look at what you did for me. That was your power. I saw that. Look at this other thing that you've done. That's the power of God. You are so powerful. I'll never choose doubt. The doctors give you their report. But you know that God is more powerful than that report you just got. 
And so you thank God, I know you are bigger and greater and stronger than the report. I'm going to stand on your word. Help me, God. Help me. I believe you. I'll never choose to, to, I will never choose fear or to doubt you. So you thank him. And then you thank him because he's ever present. I can never get away from you. David said, where can I go to hide from God? He's always there. If I go on there, he's there with me. There's nowhere to go. So you thank him because you are always in his sight. He loves you. He can't get his eyes off you. Everywhere you go, he's following you with his eyes. Protecting you. Amen. Loving you. Bragging on you. I know we don't say, are you sure, Pastor, God's bragging on me? Maybe you don't know what I've been through. Oh, he's not looking. He's looking through, the, through his son. You're behind the cross. What he sees is always beautiful. You can curse yourself out. He's not seeing that God is a happy daddy. He's just happy. Because the son said, it is finished. Nothing more. He sees you beautiful. And so you thank him. And this is what transforms your life. As you begin to thank him, his eyes always there. God even pays attention to Sparrow. What about me? And Jesus said, are you not more important than they? Look at you. Why did you cut yourself down? Because of the little events going on in your life? God sees every one of them. And if you stay with him, he will correct them so that your joy is full. So you thank him. Because he's ever present. Look at this word. John 14 verse 20. He says, and that day, at that day, you will know. Everybody say, I will know. At that day, you, I will know, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in... Yes. Where you live. That's his address. Your home is his address. If you practice his presence because he's so powerful, there's no need to, af- to be afraid that evil is coming near your heart. He said it will not come near you. We're not just speaking this scripture. When you see me, the father, he's just showed up. Amen. Because I am in Jesus, and Jesus cannot lie. Jesus is in the father. And, and we're just like one. Amen. That's why when you step out, if you really know these things, as you step out and you're walking to help people, Satan says, well, what is he doing now? Here comes trouble. What are we going to do? Because Satan doesn't see you. He sees Jesus and the Father coming. <laughs> Amen. And he says, we're in real trouble. You remember what he says? What have we to do with you, Jesus? Remember that? That's the same. I'm carrying Jesus. This is Jesus' address. And I'm walking to the devil to do some work. He's nervous already. He becomes a nervous wreck when he sees you. Amen. My people perish. Oh, we just don't know that. But the day you find out, Satan says, it's over. I just lost him. I, I lost him. Can you believe that? I just lost him. 
Because just one understanding, Rema from God, you are on your way to doing great things for God. Amen? Amen. God's blessed you so much. So you thank him for how great he is. You thank him that is ever-present everywhere you go. God is all-knowing, omniscient. He knows everything. He knows me in and out. He still loves me. So you thank him, God. You know everything about me. There's nothing hidden. You know everything. Why not acknowledge it? He knows it. He knew what you did before you got it. If you got mad this morning before coming to church, God saw it. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to them. <laughs> but he loves you. Amen? He still loves you. He loves you. He loves you. So he knows all things. He knows your past. He knows your present. And he knows your future. So I'm thanking him, God. See, I'm giving everything to you. I'm giving my present and my future into your hand. I'm abandoning myself. Just take me. Because you know everything. There's nothing hidden. So in that way, you've spent a lot of time before your father. Amen. Blessing him and his pleas. I can see him looking down on you with smiles. Say, yes, my son, you got it. My daughter, that's, that's who I am. I love you. My eyes constantly on you. Even when you think you failed, he's there for you. He loves you dearly. Amen? And this is the way you pray. I tell you what, if you do this every day, before long, you begin to see yourself. Yes. Satan, I'm coming to town. Here comes trouble. And God will do it. I remember once, you know, I was going to minister in a village. Some of the things you saw in that video. And uh, they told me, share this before here. They told me there is a God in that place. He appears to them in the form of a light. And he jumps in front of them, just skipping like that. And the villagers scared of him. And then the, the preachers told me, uh, you're coming to preach crusade. He's going to be mad. I like that. Let him be mad. <laughs> and so he said, ah, you better, we better stay and fast because he's going to be mad. I said, no, I'm not fasting. I'm going to fast for the devil. I've already fasted for my God in the United States. Let him go fast. Tell that demon uh, to go and fast. I'm coming to town. One of us is going to leave. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and by the end of the a few crusades, the villagers were saying it themselves. I probably have it in one of my videos. Nobody's seen that light anywhere. Because God drove that light, that spirit out of town. We have nothing to fear because of the God that we have. It's all powerful. And then you move from there and you go into the Holy of Holies. That's the very presence of God. And this is the way God said to come. After you've been through everywhere in your mind, everything I'm doing is all in your mind. See yourself now, I'm there in the very, very presence of the Father. And this is what the Bible says in Hebrews 10. It says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. What do you have? Boldness. What do you have? 
Why boldness? You've been through everywhere. You march into the presence of your father, knowing he's going to give me whatever I want. Amen. Jesus said, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, you shall find. Knock, the door will be opened. For everyone that asks, receive. I say it again. For everyone that asks, receive. I'm going to say it again. For everyone that asks, who is everyone? I am everyone. You are everyone. So you march in boldly. Because God cannot lie. Amen. He can lie. And he's asking you to come boldly. Not, oh, I don't know if he's going to answer me. Are you sure? God says, who is this? Don't look like one of my sons. Sound like one, just like Jacob and Esau. His voice is like the voice of God. He expects you to come in with boldness. Amen? Having boldness because you got the blood. You've been at the altar, right, before. And you're now marching your way right into this. Every one of us is priest. You get into his presence. He says to come with boldness. Now, the ark signifies the covenant. So what you do there is, God, thank you, I'm a covenant person. Yes. Just like Abraham. Abraham's time is gone. He was a covenant man while he was on the earth. Now is my turn. I am the new Abraham. Please don't stone me, but I'm right. <laughs> I am the new Abraham. God's covenant man. And I'm right here in his presence. I can speak to him like Abraham did. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. I'm a covenant person. I'm blessed. I have the blessings of Abraham. This is the place of miracle. When you come into his presence, it's a place of miracle. You can look at and see the, the uh, covenant itself, the ark itself. Inside that ark is the tablets of stone where the laws of Moses were written on stone by God himself. Right? But the New Testament says, God will write his laws on, yeah, not on stones. Ah, fleshly heart. Inside here, I now have a heart that contains the commandments of God. I can, by the grace of God, obey his word. Because God said, I will write my laws on your heart. So you thank him. God, I thank you because your laws are written on my heart. What are you doing? You are acknowledging it. Amen? You are affirming your identity before your father. And Satan knows you know who you are now. His laws are written on my heart. Thank you, God. I got your laws written. Your finger wrote your laws on my heart. I got it here. It's a place of miracle. Inside there, you see Aaron's rod that budded. It was just a, a stick. And God made that thing to grow. It's a place of miracle. 
Everything that was dying in your life will come alive today in Jesus' name. Everything that's dying this morning, so that's where you tell God, everything that's dying in my life, right because I'm in your presence, they're coming alive. I'm going to live. I don't care what the doctor says. I'm going to live. God's in me. I'm standing in the very presence of God. I'm doing right. I'm doing well. God's with me. God's in my life. I got his laws in my heart. No one can take me on. God's with me. Everything is being renewed. God himself said, I'll make all things new. And he's going to start with me. I'm in his presence. I'm in his presence. I'm in the very presence of God. No devil can take me. When I come out from that place, there will be light coming from my forehead. And Satan says, here comes trouble. Amen. 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 It's a place of miracle. And then on top of there, you see the mercy seat. The mercy seat. With the blood of Jesus speaking on my behalf. Not the blood of goats. The blood of Jesus speaking great things about me. How things are going to be so well for this child of God that's coming to the presence. Amen. That's when I begin to pray for all my family members. Amen. Mercy. Mercy. Pray for them. Pray for you. Bless them, God. Mercy. Have mercy upon them. Be merciful to them. Your mercy endures forever. We praise your mercy. We praise your loving kindness. That's where you begin to praise. For God to have mercy of, of those, those that have wronged you, those that have all of it. You pray for them. It's the mercy seat of God. And overshadowing the mercy seat, angels with their wings touching for protection. <laughs> so everyone that's received mercy by coming into his presence, angels are dispatched. Amen. Angels are dispatched from God's presence to take care of the one that God's favor. The one who has received mercy from his, God, from his God. You do this daily, your life's going to be changed. The Holy Spirit will begin to work in you like crazy. The word of God, and you do this, remember, don't forget the principle. Sometimes we don't know what to say. I keep those things in my mind, and I speak in tongues. Amen. It's a double-edged sword, okay? <laughs> I'm praying with my mind. But I'm blasting in tongues as well. Building myself up. Both the same. I got both of them. I got a double-edged sword. Satan, come. You'll be dead or you'll be on your back really fast. He sends out his angels to take care of us. To minister to our needs. Amen? Listen to these words. And I'm going to close with this. He says, but to which of the angels, as he ever said, sit at my right hand. When you look at that mercy seat, 
it's like the angels are right there, right? But they are, they are listening to what God was doing so that they can take off to help. Did you know that you have a prince over your life? Just like Daniel had? God has an angel over you, several, to take care of you. When you if you really believe this, and we should, because they're there. Just because you can't see them, they're there. Every time you receive mercy, a mercy angel is sent to follow you, to take care of your life, to minister to you. It says, to which of the angels, as he ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Are they not all? How many of them? All of the angels. All of them. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? How many has inherited salvation? Oh, you got hundreds of angels ministering to you. You just didn't know that. That's why in our prayer, you know, I have wrote that there. Let the ministering spirits be released so that they can gather in my... I have done the work to deserve mercy. Amen. Now let them go to bring in my harvest. Amen. These things are true. They are all true by revelation. When you really get this, you got a rammer, things will change. Things will change. Stand up with me this morning. A new day has begun in your life today. Can I hear an amen? amen? There's a new day in your life. There's a new day. A new thing is coming into your life. I just need us to stand together. I was so impressed on Friday night, a meeting. So many people came in here and we were praying. I knew, I recognized what was going on. I knew what was going on. Guess who is doing it? The Holy Spirit is the one sending them here. I was very sure of that. And I began to feel he's about to do something. Because when, it's, when God's about to do something, he begins to move his people. Because he needs somebody to stand in the gap so he can do what he wants to do. And you are that person. God wants to do that. Amen. Lift your hands up to the Lord this morning. Lift your hands up. Just thank him for his love. Thank him for his love. A new day has come into your life. Forget the past. God knows your past. Forget it. He doesn't condemn you. He sent his son rather to die for that past so that you can have a new day. Receive that new day. All you have to do is accept it. That's why the Bible says, have you received? Have you received? Not is God going to give to you? No. Have you received? Because God's already given he loved you so much. He gave his only son. He loves you. It's a new day for somebody here today. A new day is begun for you. And God's going to begin to do great works in your life. Forget the past. A new day is coming. Bow your heads with me, everyone. All eyes closed. If you're here and you have not made Jesus your Lord and Savior, you can do that today. In fact, Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. 
How long will you keep him out there? Won't you open your heart and let him in? Are you going to keep him out all your life? He won't hurt you. He'll help you. He'll bless you. There is no need to keep him out. Receive him today. If you're here today, uh, I want to pray for you. If you say, I need Jesus in my heart, I'll pray with you. And Jesus will come into your heart and things will begin to change. A relationship will be born and God will begin to speak to you as a child, his child. You know it. You don't have to ask pastor. You don't have to ask anybody because God will deal with you directly. And so you know with, within you that God is there. That's how mysterious this is. But it's so good. Amen. All eyes closed. If you say today, pastor, I want to receive Christ. I want him in my life. I'm tired. I need him in my life today. If that's you, at the count of three, please put your hand up. Put it right down. We're going to be praying and you give you opportunity to ask him to come in and he will. So at the count of three, if that's you, put your hand up quickly, put it down and that God will see your hand. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Thank you. Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Pray with me. Pray with me. Say with me, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Lord, I receive you into my heart to be the Lord and Savior of my soul. Write my name in your book of life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor Andy, please come and help close the service. It was truly great to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you, Pastor, for that great word. This is our year. It's your year. Ma'am. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Lord. We love you so much, Lord. We thank you, Lord, Lord God, for all that you've done. And Lord, we look forward with expectancy, Lord, for the things that you're going to do within our body. God, I thank you for the day, Lord God. Lord, I pray that your blessings will be upon every homeless representative here, Lord God. God, I pray that your peace will reside and rest in every home, Lord God. And Lord, we look forward to the time that we can come and be in your presence, Lord Jesus, once again. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed.